Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Thank you so much for joining us here on our second episode of Season 2. It is so crazy to me that we're already two weeks into 2019. Um, I do have to apologize, though. Uh, listening to my voice on the last podcast, I realized I've, I've had a cold for the last month. And so uh, I apologize for my voice. And, and thankfully, this interview is from um, a couple months ago. And so I believe my voice should sound normal in this one. Um, we are having a conversation, Dr. Henderson and I, about Daniel chapter 7. Um, as you recall, the end of season 1, we we finished with the testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar, and we talked about how the entire book of Daniel, or at least the first few chapters, are God trying to reach the heart of King Nebuchadnezzar, and he's using Daniel to do it. And so finally, Daniel chapter 4, we had Nebuchadnezzar giving his testimony, glorifying, praising God, telling us how he gave his heart finally to God. Now, we decided, as we talk about the story of the life of the incredible prophet Daniel, we decided to go through the book chronologically, which means that we are not doing Daniel chapter 5 today. We are actually starting Daniel chapter 7, which is the next part of his story in chronological order. So we're jumping to Daniel chapter 7, uh, the first vision that we have recorded of Daniel himself. We've already gone through a couple visions of Nebuchadnezzar, but this is the first one that Daniel has himself, so at least that we have recorded. So uh, hopefully you enjoy the conversation Dr. Henderson and I have about Daniel chapter 7. Dr. Henderson, today we're going to be continuing our a series on the life of Daniel. Right. Uh, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. When I suggested that we do Daniel chapter one back, I don't know, several months ago, yeah. I had no idea that we would still be going through Daniel. It was, right. uh, But I think it's been really good, and I've enjoyed this. Me too. Uh, in fact, I've done some reading ahead of time at home. <laughs> good. And I, I haven't read Daniel for a while, so it's Kind of eye-opening. Yes, yes, yeah. especially as we get into some of the later chapters. Right, right. Which, speaking of that, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're not going to be going numerically through the rest of Daniel. We just finished, um, if you've been keeping up with us, Daniel chapter 4 with Nebuchadnezzar's testimony, the letter right. that he sent out um, to his, his empire, describing how God had changed his life. And Daniel chapter 5 actually documents a story at the end of Belshazzar, which is Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, um, at the end of Belshazzar's reign. But if we jump up to chapter 7 of Daniel, we have a story that occurs at the beginning of Belshazzar's reign. Right. So we're going to be going through the book chronologically. So today we're going to be jumping up to chapter 7 and uh, and talking about this this story that happens at the beginning of Belshazzar's reign. Yeah. you want to kick and us the, off? Like or? you say, this is the grandson yes. of Nebuchadnezzar. So there's been a period of time that obviously uh, Babylon was still doing well. Yes. And uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I don't know how much longer he lived uh, during that time, but now it's a grandson that's actually uh, reigning over yeah, so it's a, it's an interesting situation here because we have Nebuchadnezzar who's probably died who's who's 
passed away at this point. His yeah. son took over. Um, and then his son ended up getting tired of reigning, basically. Um, he was a very religious man, and he decided that he wanted to pursue the priesthood. And he wanted to spend more time in solitude with, and I forget which religion it was, but you know, one of, one of the Babylonian religions. And so he ends up leaving town and going yeah. to this almost like a monastery type situation and uh, locks himself away and leaves his son Belshazzar in charge. So Belshazzar at this point is, um, is co-regent with his father as king. Um, and as we get into chapter five, that'll become you know, evident with, with Belshazzar's feast and, and him giving Daniel third in the kingdom instead of second in the kingdom because Belshazzar was second in the kingdom. Um, so he's reigning with his father, um, but his father didn't really care about the kingdom and left it to his son. So that's why Belshazzar is, is king at this point, um, right. even though probably not that many years have happened or have passed since Nebuchadnezzar died. And the other thing is Daniel's kind of put to the sidelines after Nebuchadnezzar dies. He's not, um, he's not prime minister anymore. He's kind of, I don't know, maybe forced early retirement or, or he, he was probably about retirement age anyway. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of stepped aside and, and that's when we read Daniel 7 and 8, which we'll be going over um, what we're starting now, happened during Belshazzar's reign when, when Daniel doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of duties to perform in the kingdom. And he's kind right. of taken a step back and uh, God's able to speak to him and give him visions during this time. Right. And I don't want people to get confused between Belshazzar and Belteshazzar. Yes. <laughs> yes, Belteshazzar is um is Daniel's Babylonian, Babylonian name. name. Right. Yes, and Belshazzar is the king. Right. So <laughs> good distinction there. So we're going to chapter seven and we'll start with verse one. It was during the first year of Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. Belshazzar, that God gave me visions and dreams. He asked me to write them down, and this is what I saw. The first vision I was given came while I was lying in my bed. I saw an ocean being whipped up by mighty winds coming from all directions. Then four huge animals came up out of the stormy sea, one after another, each one different. Hmm. I'm going to stop you there for just a second. Right. Um, it's it's interesting because you know if if you followed along with us if you're familiar with the story of Daniel you know that there's already been a vision uh, there's been several dreams that have occurred right. um, throughout the book so far but they've all been Nebuchadnezzar's right. this so this is you know as as it said there in verse one this is really Daniel's first vision or dream or at least that's recorded first for us recorded one, for us right. to read um, and so yeah again something interesting here. Right. I think as we pursue through the chapter, we'll understand a little more about what the waters means mm -hmm. and what these huge animals mean. And yes, things. yes. So let's, a lot of people get confused about all that. <laughs> and and so we'll yeah well Daniel explains what he saw and then he comes in and and uh, and then it's it's um, interpreted in right. the in the last half of the chapter. Right. So we'll. So, so if you're if you're confused, don't worry. We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go to verse four. The first animal looked like a lion, but it had huge wings like those of an eagle. As I looked, I saw its wings torn off, and it was made to stand up like a man. 
A human heart was given to it, so it stopped acting like a lion, but then it disappeared. The second animal that came up out of the angry wage looked like a bear. As it stood, it raised up on one side more than the other. I noticed that it had three ribs in its mouth, and someone told it to go ahead and devour as much meat as it wanted, and then it disappeared. And next, a third animal came up out of the fury of waves, which looked like a leopard, but it had four heads. It also had four large wings like those of a bird. It was very strong, and nothing could stand in its way as it raced across the earth, and then it too disappeared. And as I looked, I saw the fourth animal come up out of the boisterous waves. It was like a huge animal and looked like nothing I had ever seen before. It was monstrous, powerful, and extremely frightening to look at. It had huge iron teeth and chewed up everything it killed, and what was left it trampled down with its huge feet. It had ten horns coming out of the top of its head, and as I looked at its horns, I saw a little horn pushing its way up in the middle of the other horns. It pushed three of the other horns out of the way, roots and all, and took their place. And as I looked more closely, I noticed that this little horn had the eyes of a man, but a mouth full of pride and arrogance. Wow. Now, just imagine being yeah. Daniel as, as he's dreaming this. You know, right. I know I've had weird dreams. You've probably had yeah. some strange dreams. <laughs> right. And you can imagine what he's thinking as he, as he goes through this. You know, it probably seemed normal to him in his dream because for some reason, no matter how crazy the dream is, it seems normal when you're in it. Right. Right. <laughs> when you wake up, you realize how crazy the dream was. Um, so we don't know where Daniel was in this story. Maybe he was there on the shore or maybe he was standing in the middle of this boy boisterous, you know, ocean, we don't know. Yeah. And all of a sudden these four animals come, come out, out and, the water. and these are all, you know, animals of prey. They're, they're predators and, uh, they come up out of the water and, um, and it must've been intimidating and frightening. And, and, uh, and he's, he's watching all this in his dream. And then it's interesting because as you read the next couple verses, we see that there's almost a second dimension to this dream. Um, yeah. This is all happening here on, on Earth with the right. water and these beasts coming out. And all of a sudden we will see in a second that there's a window open in heaven as well. Right. And so he's kind of watching this huge panorama of, of Earth and heaven and things going on and all of this. Yeah, it's exciting, I think. It is. <laughs> Verse 9. Before this last animal disappeared, the scene changed, and I was given a vision of heaven. I saw thrones being set up for a special occasion, and soon the Ancient of Days came and took his seat. His robe was as white as snow, and the hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was ablaze with fiery flames, and it had wheels of fire. Flames poured out from his throne in all directions. Thousands upon thousands attended him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood there ready to serve him. The court was seated, the records were brought in, and the books were opened. <laughs> Such an intimidating, right. majestic scene. Right. And something's going on here that, you know, is, uh, must be very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Some kind of a court scene. Yes. Yeah, and you'll notice 
that there's there's a distinction right here. We have a description of the ancient of days, which is God the Father. Right. And uh, as I read this, I'm reminded of of the description of Jesus in the beginning of, of Revelation, where it's a very similar description. Right. Um, and uh, it's just yeah, like you said, there's this there's this court scene, this judgment kind of that's happening at this point, right. and it directly relates to or it has a direct effect on. What goes on in earth, on earth in the next couple verses. Right. Verse 11. And while the judgment was going on, I could still hear the little horn speaking arrogantly. This is talking back or thinking back to what the previous part of the dream was about. Yes. Yeah. He kind of shifts his gaze back down to what's happening here in in this tempestuous ocean. Then the scene changed, and again I saw that monstrous animal. I saw the animal put to death, and its body was thrown into the fire. Now, even though the three previous animals had disappeared in the waves, their spirit was prolonged in this fourth animal until it was destroyed. Mm. Then the scene changed. A lot of changes of the scenery here. Yeah, going between right. earth and, and heaven right. and and then time periods right. that are changing here as well. Right. I saw someone who looked like the Son of Man riding on the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days and presented himself before him. That's quite a prediction. Mm. Yeah. When you stop to think of it, you know. Yeah, because we already have God the Father. Right. Who's there and now? We have Jesus, the Son of Man, right? Who's coming to the Ancient of Days, right? And presented himself. Uh, what was he presenting himself about? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Daniel will explain. <laughs> the Ancient of Days gave him authority and glory befitting a king, and made him ruler over all nations and men of every language, that all people should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his sovereignty will never end. Hmm. I was really bothered by the vision and became depressed because I couldn't make sense out of what I had seen. (laughs) Uh, Going back to that last verse you read in verse 13 and 14, um, you know, just this Jesus coming before the Father and getting dominion and power and and you know the New King James, which I'm looking at here, says you know his kingdom is the one which shall not be um, destroyed, and it reminds me very similarly to the ending of Nebuchadnezzar's dream right. in Daniel I was chapter two, the same thing. Um, where you have just as a recap, you have the succession of kingdoms, right. and the last kingdom is this rock that comes in that represents Jesus' eternal kingdom right. that shall last forever. Destroys the whole uh, yeah. image. Yeah, so you're, we're already seeing some parallels between right. these two, these two dreams, these two visions. Right. And then Daniel, at the end of this, is troubled. He's disturbed. You know, often, often after after you know some of our dreams, we wake right. up, and you know, and and Daniel knew that this wasn't just you know that he had too much pizza the night before. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, right. this was this was a message from God, right. and and yet he couldn't understand it. And so he's, right. he's asking, you know, what, what, what does it mean? And unfortunately, we're going to have to leave Daniel there, troubled, sick, trying to figure out what does this dream mean?
But don't worry. We won't let you let him or you worry about that too long because we'll go ahead and pick this up again next week as Dr. Henderson and I continue talking about this fascinating vision and finish Daniel chapter 7. Here's a snippet as a preview for next week's podcast right here on Stories of Faith and Hope. First, I want you to understand what will happen in the near future and that behind and above all the fury and passions of nations, God is still in control. Mm-hmm. And I underlined that in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he still is in control. He is. We see some very interesting things happening in our country. And we wonder what's coming. Yes. You know, but I have to keep telling myself, you know, God's in control. <laughs> we'll just see what develops out of it. He is. And we know the end of the story. Right. That <laughs> <laughs> Jesus wins and, and, and everything is good at the end. We'll look forward to that conversation next week, right here on Stories of Faith and Hope. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss it or any of the upcoming uh, episodes here in Season 2. We have a great season ahead of us. We already have several really exciting and and inspirational um, interviews with, with people already recorded and some of them are lined up. And I'm just really looking forward to sharing the rest of Season 2 with you. So you don't want to miss it. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You can subscribe on both of those. Our website is faithandhoperadio.com. You can find links to all of that there. And you can find us on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio. Music was provided by Dexter Britton. And uh, we just want to thank you so much for tuning in, for being part of our journey every week. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, have faith and hope.